Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us for another exciting episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Of course, I am Mac. I am joined as always by my wonderful co-potter Joe. How you doing, buddy? The name's Bond. James Bond. Uh, that's a little tease that we will review. No time today. I know Joe had a very good time at the film. I want this podcast shaking the not stirred, buddy. Great. Shaking the not stirred. Uh, before With a twist. we get to Two that. olives. Uh, are you done? You're no, okay. I'm not. I think you're done now. Perhaps. Uh, before we get to that, because I'm out of jokes, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about some small stuff before we get into the reviews. I'll also be taking a look back on Marvel's What If uh, show. Joe can tune out at that point if he wants. Exactly. Uh, but we did get at our least first you're being honest. teaser trailer for HBO's 2022 next big show, or so they hope. So they hope. House of Dragons. Is House it by of Benny the Dragon. Weiss? Nope. All right. Well. Um, we'll people, have to see. People just shit on Benioff and Weiss, and they delivered for eight they, years. What? They, 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 they what? On, they shit on him. They shit on them, man. This is a peach. This is a kid-friendly show, buddy. I'm just saying. Better watch your mouth. I'm just saying. People. Yeah, I'm just saying. People are so quick to dismiss what they I'm did for eight years. I'm not dismissing anything. I'm it was merely, the best show on TV for I am eight years. Merely, I am merely, um, I am merely uh, giving the vo- – giving – Credence to the people who expressed uh, strong opinions about the ending of the series. I'm not one of those. I'm merely just stirring the pot. As it House were. of the Dragon is set 300 years sure. before Game of Thrones, but we saw a lot of blonde hair, and we and, all and we had a nice little trailer. Targaryens. We, we had a nice little uh, uh, narration by Richard Madden. Sound like yeah. Uh, Who knows? All uh, obviously mean, can't be any of them because they're they weren't even they born weren't yet. Born yet. Um, we have to find new 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 uh, new actors to to play the roles. We didn't actually see any dragons. They uh, they had one kind of, of voice off camera, um, but they again did. they were. I mean, at the end it sounded the like voice? there was. A oh tiny, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, roar. yeah, the roar. Um, but again, this is all going to be how House Targaryen basically seizes power. Um, and of course, dragons are kind of the reason why they do that, which is why you see so much, uh, so much blonde hair. Right? It reminds you of Daenerys because they're all blonde because they all and her brother. Yes, let's not forget her brother, Viserys. Yes, okay, um, who okay. made it He's through blonde too. four episodes? He's I think, blonde too. Before Jason Momoa He's blonde too. melted him. He's blonde too. Um, any interest in House of the Dragon, Joe? Or not particularly? Okay, fair enough. I mean, I mean, maybe wait ten years and see if it's a global <laughs> sensation, then watch it all at once. Then I doubt it. Uh, we got another. I, 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 I don't doubt that what you say, I don't doubt your perception of what I would do. What I do doubt is that it will be a sensation. I don't think it's going to. I don't disagree. Close to what I Game don't disagree is. with your characterization of how I might approach the show and if I'll get around to watching it if it's good. But I, I have serious doubts about whether it's going to be good or not. Uh, no, I think Game of, Game of Thrones was lightning in a bottle. I think it hit everything at once, and I don't it will not be. Replicated. It, it will not be Game of Thrones. And if it does, if it is trying to be replicated, it's going to be horrible. That's incredible. Uh, we got a trailer for a new film. Uh, titled Cyrano, starring Peter Dinklage. This is 
Uh, Cyrano de Bergerac is a play by French playwright Edmund Rostad. Um, it's being adapted for film. It's been adapted for film a few, few times. Um, but it is, it's one of the great uh, pieces of theater for a lead actor to play. James McAvoy just played Cyrano de Bergerac in London. Uh, Peter Dinklage is taking his chance now on screen. He's taking his chance? I mean, it's just one of those those type of roles, like a Hamlet role. or Yeah, he's going to so, be great at it. I have no great. doubt. He's perfect for the role, I think. Well, I mean, I know nothing about the story, but... <laughs> He, what, he's perfect what, for it. what I mean is, like, he does tend to do, I don't want to say artsy films, but he does films that are not, that are more critically acclaimed, I think, and kind of not your typical, at least lately, I would say. Yes, he did that one small part in Elf before he was, like, a blown-up, you know, superstar actor. But even after, like, Game of Thrones, like, around that time, like... Other movies that I've I haven't seen him in, but I know advertised like they're just like different movies. They're like independent type movies. He's not pretty, saying this, uh, I'm not saying this is an independent movie, but he's he seems to be very selective about his about the roles he takes, which is fine. It's well done his rights, but this certainly seems like the type of role. Not just because it's a love story or whatever, and he, you know, I don't know how much singing he's going to do, but he just he seems like he's he's. From the trailer, it seemed like a perfect role for him, and I'm I'm great. I mean, I won't see it, but well, because it's a musical. I'm not, I'm, you know me. I'm not really huge on musicals. I really, and I the fact that it's kind of a play, whatever, a stage show doesn't really speak to me per se. But I, I, good for him. Like I said, I, I, I haven't really seen really any of the movies that he's really any movies. Come to think of it, aside from the TV series Game of Thrones, that he really like you know, caught my eye and made me want to see, like, I, he was in a, he was in this movie where, like, uh, I never saw it, but it's, like, with Richard Gere and there's a couple other people where Richard Gere plays, like, the psychiatrist and Peter Dinklage is, like, some, pretending to be Jesus and, like, with two, two other guys are pretending to be Jesus or something. Um, I don't know if it was a good movie, but that's the only other movie that I, and then he did this, some other movie where he plays, like, some, I don't know, some, like, Hollywood guy and he talks all, like, he talks kind of like a whiny voice. You got like real acclaim. dinner with Irv. Yeah, dinner. Like it's just, it's yeah. just, just looks like a strange movie. Like, a, you know, I would never watch those movies. And I mean, that, this obviously looks to be a lot different than that. But it's just he plays like kind of off, not off the cuff. He plays kind of off the beaten path roles. Like he doesn't play like he's not going to play. I mean, yes, he was in Infinity War, but that was like a small role. It wasn't like his big. He wasn't like the star in the movie. You know, right. I don't know. I mean. I'm sure you'll see it. I'm sure it'll be good. It's obviously a subject matter that you like, so. I don't know um, how much music will be in it. It's not It's not a musical, per se. But it seemed like it was I a didn't, musical. Uh, you may have just gotten that from the trailer. And well, maybe, they made it. Maybe they I just pretty much advertised that. it like a musical. Uh, like, they're singing so. uh, the other, the female lead. I've seen her in a couple movies. Yeah. I don't know the I, name, though. I don't know. But, she did uh, She did some kind of creepy movie that I was too creeped out to see, but, like, she's swallowing things. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. The lead actress. I believe you. I mean, I don't. So I just she don't literally know, like but... swallows like pins and needles, and like it's just some weird like, I don't know. It just looked like some creepy film. I never watched it, okay. but she's been in, she's been in a couple other movies. I just can't. They're, they're escaping me right now, and I forget that that, that the actress's name. We'll see. Um, do, we'll do you remember? Her name? I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, this so. comes out on Christmas Day, I believe. Yeah. Uh, this is an awards contender. Uh, yeah, I, I would well. think so. Good for him. We'll see. Good for him. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope people watch it. It's just not really mine. 
Marvel is developing a spin-off series on Agatha Harkness, uh, who was just seen for the first time in WandaVision. Catherine Hahn, who was Emmy-nominated for her performance, will reprise her role. We'll also have WandaVision showrunner Jack Schaefer return in the same capacity. You're not talking to me, because uh, I have no idea what I will say, I'm not going to talk about this too long. Well, go ahead. Talk I to will the people. say... People just um, can't have a conversation with them, is all. Um, Agatha Harkness was the breakout star of WandaVision. But she was not the star of WandaVision. The star was Wanda and Vision, obviously. Um, again, I, we can go into spoilers now if you want for a show that was in January. But, okay. Right. I mean, she was basically a red herring through the first kind of six, seven episodes. And then it kind of is revealed that she's Agatha Harkness. So she's not Agatha Harkness, the bad guy, the entire time of the series. Um, so she was only Agatha Harkness really for two episodes. And it was like scene stealing moments that she kind of like stole the show, I guess my, my only concern and Catherine Hahn is great is sometimes properties or films or IPs do this where it's a, you had a really great side character, a small minor character. And all of a sudden, because it was well received, you have to push it to the front. The worst example would be like minions, right? Like despicable me. Like, you don't need a full movie on Minions, but because they were so popular, they did it. Now, Agatha Harkness has so a great... Did they make a Joker movie? Um, I don't... Side character? Uh, maybe. Um, but they did make a uh, a uh, Birds of Prey movie, and that wasn't so good. Yeah. Harley Quinn. I know you didn't like it. I know you needed to do. You thought it was I know, but you didn't watch it, though. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm giving examples to support your I will point say... Here, you're buddy. correct. I will say um, this looks to be probably a... Uh, before WandaVision, um, kind of get the backstory of Agatha Harkness a little bit more, but I think this could potentially lead her into other avenues uh, of the MCU. Uh, I thought the performance was great. Um, I just, there is just so many Disney Plus shows. There's so much Marvel stuff happening. Um, just a Marvel extravaganza. I mean, Disney Plus is, I mean, it's throwing up Marvel everywhere. I mean, Disney is, I don't want to say Disney has oversaturated the market yet, but they are going to push the limit of what they have Hasn't Star Wars. There, the people keep going. It has not Star, done it yet. It ain't Star Wars. I can tell you that. Has not done it yet. All right. We'll see. Um, I got a few news and notes uh, just to follow up. Uh, just looked this up a minute ago. Um, I did kind of touch base on that IATC, um strike. Uh, all the uh, you know stage workers and such behind uh, you know the movies and the TV shows. Ninety um, percent of eligible union workers voted to authorize a strike, but I guess talks are commencing. Or, uh, they're obviously they're happening. Um, so who knows what's going to happen? But a strike looks kind of inevitable at this point. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that. There's a couple articles about it on that, uh, on like a Hollywood, or whatever Vanity Fair or something like that. I just it just caught my eye. Um, but the one uh, it was like th- three hours ago. They were talking about how people, you know, union reps and then people from the AMPTP, the American Motion Picture, whatever that group, right? The motion picture people, right? Mm-hmm. They're like in talks with the with the other with the union workers. Yeah. So. Have to see how that pans out. Um, a movie I'm actually kind of excited for to be quite not. I wouldn't say excited, but I, I have lukewarm interest in this film. I am going to see it, um, which means I might have to re, re, reinstate my subscription to AMC because they got a couple of movies coming out here that look pretty good. Uh, You're there almost one, every one weekend. One of which yeah. is the uh, the last duel that looks cool with Ridley Scott, uh, Matt Damon, and. Uh, 
and uh, Ben Affleck gave their gave, not homage. They 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 gave their they gave kudos to Ridley Scott. They're really pleased with the film, and I'm really excited for that. Um, but the movie that I was just going to mention uh, a second ago is uh, Chloe Zhao's Eternals. I'm actually kind of interested. In, I well, I mean, I am obviously interested. I'm going to go see it. So that says something. Um, it's going to be two and a half hours. That's like the longest one of the longest MCU films, I guess. Yeah, whatever. It's under if, Infinity War and Endgame, if, but it's, it's if this still is, pretty big, though. If this is MCU, whatever, same universe, whatever. I think that's what's interesting to me the most about this film is that these are characters I have no idea about, and it's not some silly. Sorry, it is not just some single standalone character that has this typical, in my opinion, origin story. Um, you will this, not see another character that was in the MCU in this film. This will be all brand that's new characters. The point. But yeah. I'm saying it's, it's an ensemble. It is not just right. some single standalone character that has his own origin film where he kind of goes through some trials and tribulations and then comes out victorious. I have no idea what these, who these characters are, where they come from, other than the trailer that I've seen at least probably three or four times in theaters. It looks good. I mean, it looks pretty. Like, I'm really interested in just seeing, like, what, who these characters are. Um, you know, it doesn't look as, it doesn't look as, uh, you know, it doesn't look as slapstick as Guardians of the Galaxy, but it doesn't look as, um, you know, it just looks, seems to have like a more like a DC feel, like a new, like a noir film to it. Like it doesn't seem like it's big, bright and like, but who knows? Maybe the trailer misleads. I have no idea. But it doesn't seem like it's a silly, like, slapstick, typical Marvel movie that I feel like they're pumping out these days. So it looks more like, like I said, like a, has like a dark feel to it. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Um, and then, but just the noise and notes I saw about that was at two and a half hours. So I'm, we'll have to see how, if it's, if it's, if it's dragged on or if it's actually two and a half hours of fun and, you know entertaining um we will get to this movie in just a minute when we talk about the post credit scenes of venom but i did want to touch on this because i think it's kind of interesting um the uh the in the scene where where uh woody harrelson turns into carnage and he's breaking out of the uh the prison that was actually a real place they filmed that in san quentin and just near san francisco which i think is kind of interesting that it was actually filmed at that prison um, that's not the first time that prison has been used to film such things, uh, or, or like, not, I don't want to say movies, but just film something like to use the environment of the prison. And there were prisoners obviously there. That doesn't mean that they're in the film, but they kind of had to work around like the prisoners, right? They couldn't leave stuff out. They had to pick it up, take it, you know, set it up, take it down while prisoners or whatever in this somewhere in this complex. I just thought that was interesting that it was actually a real place. We're not just all computer CGI. I just think that's interesting. And then lastly, uh, a little bit of news and notes on Timothy Chalamet. Um, I can't say I know much about him. I mean, I really haven't seen very many movies in him. With him in it, I know he's been in a handful of stuff that Mac has seen. Um, he he speaks volumes about his talent. Um, the reason I bring him up is because he is obviously the star of the upcoming movie Dune. Um uh, there's obviously a handful of actors and actresses in it, not just him, but he's kind of the frontliner, the star, I guess. Um, and uh, the thing I wanted to mention is he, he's, I guess, is on the cover of Time magazine recently. 
And so they did an interview with him. And he won't say who said this, but this is kind of a funny quote that I thought, and I thought I would kind of throw it in there because it's kind of funny. He says he couldn't he couldn't reference who said this, but obviously he's a young actor. He's 25, and he's still kind of you know he's, he's he's branching out. He's trying new things, but he's still he's certainly on the up and up. And uh, I don't it, he didn't mention who it was, but somebody pulled him aside and, because they said that he uh, he can't mention this person's name. Um, Timothy can't mention this person's name because they'll, he'll kick his butt. So obviously maybe that's a male, a guy, an actor. I have no idea. Um, he's, the, the advice he got was don't do hard drugs and no superhero movies. So it's just kind of funny. I'd be curious to know who said that, but it's just kind of a funny, like, it's just a silly quote. It's probably someone who got typecast as a superhero. Maybe. Perhaps, perhaps, who knows? But in any event, I just thought that was funny and a little silly and, Anyway, um, but I'm really looking forward to Dune. Like I said, a lot of good movies seem to be coming out in October. Uh, we just saw uh, No Time to Die. We got, as, as I said, The Last Duel and Dune at the end of the month. So I, uh, And Internals, right? Does that come out this month? I think it's just the first weekend of November. First weekend so of November. Still fall. Okay. So still fall. Still, still got, I might, like I said, might be time for me to reinstate my AMC stubs. Yeah, they're all the time. All the time, uh, really? Okay. I mean, once the last two weeks. Anyway, no uh, time. As I said, we did, die. we did, we did see this movie. Or, oh, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Um, actually, why don't you talk about Marvel's What If then first? We'll do that first because uh, you can give me time to rest my get some water here and sure rest my tongue. Uh, as it were. Marvel's What If um, was a nine episode animated film or a series. Um, based off the comic books. Um, the way this was presented, um, this is the first animated project from Marvel Studios Direct. Yes, Marvel Entertainment has had, of course, several animated shows and films, but this is the first time under the Marvel Studio banner that they've done animation. Bruce, you could say it's Bruce Banner. I would, da, da, da. Nope, I would. Um, uh, the way it was presented... Um, that's my two cents all the way back at least when I was there at D23 um, when they talked about in 2019 was this is going to be this standalone kind of cool thing Um, and now once interviews came out about the show it is not um, it was not lost on them that this was released after Loki which is when the multiverse basically opens fully up so they've hinted that these characters can indeed Crossover live action, if they want, will they? I have no idea. Um, I will say there anything's were, possible when it comes to the MCU. Right? What if? Um, what if exactly? There were nine episodes. Um, I'll say some of the ones I liked the most. Um, Guardians of the Multiverse was great. It was a very different, cool Guardians kind of, of team the up. Okay. Um, there was uh, T'Challa as Star Lord, which was a really cool um, episode. Okay. Um, there was Captain Carter. Uh, which was, of course, yeah. you know, Peggy Carter. Okay. Uh, Marvel Zombies was a really fun type of an episode. Marvel Zombies. And it featured uh, Spider-Man uh, as well. But was he a zombie? I, he was not a zombie. So who's the zombies? Um, literally, everybody becomes a zombie except for uh, Spider-Man, Bruce Banner, because they can't pierce his skin as Hulk, um, and then Ant-Man, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a whole group that kind of Great. starts off, but then they become zombies. Great. Um, okay. Sounds really good. And uh, the other, the last episode that I want to mention that I thought was really, really good was the episode between Killmonger and Tony Stark. 
Um, this is when Killmonger saves Tony Stark in Afghanistan, so Tony Stark does not become Iron Man. Um, Tony Stark basically kind of lives the life that he was already living as like a weapons manufacturer who kind of, you know, not making the greatest moral choices as it were, right? He was still kind of drinking a lot and, you know, just kind of being this. Was RDJ the voice or no? Uh, not, no, he was not the voice. That would have gotten me interested, but. Michael B. Jordan did come back for it, um, as Killmonger, but, um. And then it tied in elements of Black Panther, and it tied in different things. Um, so I thought that was a really powerful episode. Um, what If is coming back for season two. Uh, Jeffrey Wright was the voice of The Watcher. I thought that was really, really cool. Sure. Um, he, he has a kind of this deep kind of gravitas voice that I think works really well. Um, do I want to see these characters come to live action? Yeah, it would be cool if Captain Carter showed up in live action, but I don't need it. Like, I think... I think this is a good kind of single entity, right? I don't need to see Guardians of the Multiverse. I don't need to see Thor or T'Challa as Star Lord. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. It's blasphemous. It's not blasphemous. Can't can't shoot down any Marvel idea. Um, Every Marvel idea is great. I just thought everything turns to gold. They it mostly does. I will say it. The show was unique. Um, I wasn't huge on the fact that the last episode was Guardians of the Multiverse and it kind of tied a lot of those things together and at first I kind of wanted just to be kind of these solo one-off episodes Um, but it looks like some of these storylines are going to continue throughout Um, like for example I mean like a spoilers for a show that already ended we can we can go over this you know the Marvel zombie episode um, T'Challa is with uh, Spider-Man and Ant-Man and they're in the Quinjet and they've escaped the the zombies. And T'Challa says, we need to go to Wakanda because that's the only safe place because they have the force field around Wakanda. That's the only place in the world that hasn't been infected. Um, so then it, it goes to Wakanda. And then you see Thanos outside of Wakanda as a zombie with all the Infinity Stones except for one. Um, so that was kind of a cool thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was really, really fun. It's it's certainly not on the level of um, WandaVision Um or even Loki or Falcon and Winter Soldier. Again, one division I think is still the standard. We'll see what Hawkeye does. Um, but it was a fun, different type of show, I think, for Marvel fans. Um, and it didn't. I'm hoping it didn't um, mean it. It has to all connect to the larger films, like I think the other films do. Like Loki, you had to, you have to see it, um, or you know, one division you have to kind of get it. Um, but we'll see. I'm uh, I'm excited for season two and what they do. I think there's ultimate, you know, I mean James Spader returned as Ultron in an episode. Um, now he's, he's going to be a hero. That's, Stanley, that's... Stanley, no, he was not a hero. Well, um, well he's going to be in what if? Just, he wasn't. Everything, I mean, everything. Stanley Tucci returned. He's he was in Captain America: The First Avenger. Um, so he came back and oh, voiced. Yeah, he was. Um, I liked him. I like Stanley. You know, I mean, there was just lots of these kind of older, kind of throwback characters God. that returned. Might as well um, just throw, which was out, cool. throw out. Uh, oh, Tommy Lee Jones. T T. He was in it. T L J. He was in T L J. He was in an episode too. He was in the Captain there Carter you go. episode. There you go. Um, so it's cool. Does I mean, she have to climb. Not, Does she have to climb up the flagpole? No. No. She didn't pull out the pin with the flag fall? No. Uh, I will say it was disappointing that not all of the actors reprised their role. Um, some of them were a little more obvious than others. Um, the RDJ and the Chris Evans one I get um, simply because their contracts are over and they were basically getting paid Peace. the most. 
Um, again, the only Tony Stark episode centric was the Killmonger episode. So that was a little off putting. Um, but the fact that, I mean, I was disappointed that Brie Larson didn't, didn't voice Captain Marvel. I thought that was really weird, especially because she's technically one of the kind of what you would consider the new team of Avengers. Um, she's not kind of on her way out. She has multiple films left on her contract. She didn't do it. The fact that, but you know, people like Chadwick Boseman, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, you know, Chris Hemsworth, you know, Tom Hiddleston, they all voiced their roles. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Natalie Portman came back for an episode. That was pretty cool. Um, lots of, I mean, um, who was in it? Michael Douglas came back for an episode from Ant Man, um, which I thought was really, Kim. really cool. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer was in an episode, um, which was cool. So, um, yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, no Time to Die. The 25th film in the James Bond franchise that we just witnessed last night. So it's still fresh in our minds. Joe, I think you had a really good time in it. Would you like me to kind of give my thoughts first? And then would you like to go off of that? Or Sure. Um, I really like the film. I um, It is it's a send-off type and, of a film. And the way these things go... Mac always reveals more than I will, so I'll let you go first, and I'll kind of uh, okay. try, try to clean it up. We'll do, we'll do, I'll do my best to do non-spoilers. I don't know if I'm going to get into spoilers. Um, I think that this, I will say, it's, it's, it's been a good five-film run for Daniel Craig. I think, I was talking about this with my mom, who's a big James Bond fan. Um, these Daniel Craig films, all five films, are somewhat interconnected. And they are somewhat kind of characters kind of reprise their role and they are kind of connected through plotline and storyline for some sense. You know, the Sean Connery films and the Roger Moore films, even the Pierce Brosnan films are basically one-off films. You don't have to see the other films to connect it. Mm-hmm. With No Time to Die, I feel like you really need to understand the legacy of the Daniel Craig films. Um, seeing Spectre, I think, would have helped, would help you. Um, there are two prominent characters from Spectre that introduce in Spectre that get inter- that are reintroduced in No Time to Die, uh, Madeline Swan and, and Bloomfield, um, which are major characters in the film. Or maybe not a major character for Christoph Waltz, but it's a major kind of shadow of the film. Um, I, I think that the way the film ends is going to be controversial for some people. Um, but I think it's the way that Daniel Craig wants, wanted the film to end. Um, and I think he had a lot of say going into it. Um, and that's really kind of all I can say about that. Um, the supporting cast, I thought, and I think the supporting cast of all the Daniel Craig films especially, have been great. I think they've been, they've not just been side characters. Right? It hasn't just been, Q hasn't just been the guy that gives him a gadgets in the scene and he's off. Like he was actually out there. Not on the field per se, but he's helping him, right? He's doing what he can from the lab. Uh, Money Penny is not just the secretary behind the desk. She's kind of helping him out, doing other things. Um, I like Lashana Lynch as 007. I thought that was a nice combination that they kind of worked together. There was a an awkward conflict between the two in the beginning, and they kind of found common ground. Um, I like the fact that they had Jeffrey Wright back as Felix Leiter, even if it was for a little bit. That was a nice throwback to Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Um, I liked Anna de Armas in the one scene from Cuba. She was only in it for 10, 15 minutes. Um, but I thought it was, it was nice. It was fun. It was something different. It was a new character. It was unique. Um, and I thought they played well off each other. The star of the film, um, 
is Daniel Craig, obviously, and it's his relationship with Madeline Swan, which continues over from Spectre. Um, and I thought those two were good together. Rami Malek is in it. Um, he's not in it a ton per se. I didn't. He was not my favorite Bond villain. He was not bad per se. He just we didn't get a lot of him screen wise. We didn't get a lot of his story per se. Um, but again, the majority of the focus is on Bond and, and kind of going forward, kind of what that is. Uh, for me, it is not. It's not on the level of say Skyfall or Casino Royale uh, in terms of the Daniel Craig story. I think. Um, but I do think it, it, it's it's a notch it's a notch or two above Quantum of Solace and Spectre, uh, in my opinion. Um, but I, again, I think Casino Royale and, and Skyfall probably stand out as the highlights of the Daniel Craig era. But I think this is a, a fantastic film to, for him to end on, and a very successful five film run. Um, he's going to go down for a lot of people, not for everyone, for a lot of people as their Bond, right? The Bond that they grew up on. Um, and the Bond that is going to be their favorite because it kind of hit their sweet spot in their prime. Um, and this is a very new type of James Bond, right? This is a very new type of James Bond who acts different than the Roger Moores or the Sean Connerys or the Pierce Bras. And this is kind of a 21st century James Bond, um, not just with gadgets and, you know, new things like that, but kind of how he acts and the relationships he has with people and kind of everything that goes through that. We have saw the entire growth of the character, right, from Casino Royale where he's a very new kind of fresh young agent um, and kind of go through this, you know, five film progression, which is over 15 years or so um, where he's kind of, he's retired in no time to die. And, and before he's kind of the grizzled older agent where you don't know if he can keep up. And so I think it was a great way to kind of tie all the stories together. Um, so that is kind of my short and sweet review of no time to die. Um, really, really good film. If you like Daniel Craig's other stuff, I think you'll get something out of it. Uh, it's a great film to end on. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. Um, I just didn't know if you were going to say, what did you think, Joe? I was waiting for the, the send up, this, the past, the past the baton. Uh, I didn't invite you in. I'm sorry. Yeah, you didn't. That's all right. Um, so no time to die. Uh, I agree with one of your statements when you said that it is better than Quantum of Solace and Spectre. I will say that. So to me, it's kind of middle of the road for Daniel Craig. Absolutely, as Bond. Um, I also agree that Rami Malek uh, was very good on screen. You, you know, you, I, I was drawn to his performance. But as you mentioned too, he wasn't—he didn't have a ton of screen time. Um, I was not too interested. In, yes, there were characters in this film that had been in the movies before, but some of those characters were kind of overshadowed and really didn't have much, like Money Penny. Like, yes, she was in it. But she had very, very little. I thought I thought Q had much more interest. I was much more interested in seeing Q than I was interested in seeing Money Penny. To me, Skyfall, she was really, really good, and I liked her in Skyfall. And that was to me kind of the the movie where uh, where that act. Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris. She actually shined in that movie um, in Skyfall. Um, I was not too. I was 
to me, Ralph Fiennes wasn't really believable in kind of the the whole like plot line. So I thought the plot line was a bit on the weak side. Um, I also agree with what you said that it's a proper send off. Um, I don't know that I, I mean, you will have to talk off, off the recording about what quote unquote controversy there is regarding the ending of the film. I'd be curious cause I know nothing about that. I, I, you'll have to inform me as to what people are seeing as controversial, but in any event, um, Yes, it was very... I mean, Christoph Waltz is very, very small role. Um, I feel like I needed to watch Spectre. Not that I missed out on a lot, but I felt like there was direct connections to Spectre that I did not remember because I saw Spectre once and I didn't think it was all that good. Um, absolutely, you are right that all these movies, they, they ended up tying them together in some web. I get that. Um, to me, and I also agree that Casino Royale and Skyfall are the best ones. Um, I almost feel like Skyfall can kind of stand on its own, um, as well as Casino Royale. Quantum Solace, I saw once too. I was not that excited about it. Um, this movie, Daniel Craig was great in it. Um, again, I wasn't I wasn't super sold on the plot. Um, it was good, um, but it wasn't great. Um, it wasn't really kind of anything... It wasn't like a a, 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 yes, it was original in terms of the James Bond storyline. I get it. But I, I wasn't too sold on it. Like it, it wasn't something that I, that, that kind of plot and what's going on wasn't, I'm not saying it wasn't anything new to Bond because yes, it's always kind of the same, but the, but what he was trying to do and what was the issue wasn't. It, I had seen it in other films. Again, I'm trying to I'm trying to speak cryptically so that I don't spoil it for anybody who's who's still interested in seeing it. But I I had seen this kind of plot in other movies, and I can talk off off camp off uh, recording. Um, I, yeah, I mean it was good. Um, it's it, it's a bit interesting to see kind of you know like in Skyfall, Daniel Craig was re- or whatever whatever maybe he wasn't retired but he was like hiding because he got shot and he was supposed to die and that was like his way out and then like two films later he's like kind of doing the same thing like that was a little odd to me um but i mean it was certainly full of action i very much liked that um i wasn't huge also on the anna de armis character okay I, i thought it was silly um yeah, I, I thought Jeffrey Wright was good in it in the time that he was in it. Um, and then obviously the the female lead, she was fantastic. Um, she had some great Shana scenes. Lynch. Yeah, she was incredible. I thought there were times where she kind of overshadows Daniel Craig um, in terms of talent and, you know, just... Presence. Yeah, her presence on screen. I thought she... And she didn't have to do much. It was all in the facial cues or the nonverbal cues, mm-hmm. the nonverbal communication. I thought she was fantastic. Um, yeah, it, it, like I said, it's, it's intense. I liked it. Um, I didn't think it was his best film. Um, but lastly, I'll touch on before we move on. Um, I do also agree with you that it, if I have to compare, so they really, I have not seen the old Bond films. I will be honest. I haven't seen the Roger Dalton. I haven't seen Sean Connery or, you know, I forget the other one. 
Roger Moore. Roger Moore. I haven't seen any of those. So my opinion is only is only Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. Um, they it is true they are different, absolutely, but they are are similar. It's still James Bond, right? Um, but you are absolutely correct. The Pierce Brosnan movies and they ended on a terrible note. Like the last couple movies were horrible, um, but they weren't connected either. Um, so this was certainly different. And as you mentioned, I guess the older films, they were all kind of standalone films. Right. They had nothing to do right. with there was, one story. There was, yeah, yeah one, one off stories. So this was or certainly interesting. Um, there are a few Pierce Brosnan. There's really only one actually that I like. And that's Goldeneye, his first one, um, which I think is a great, um, is a great film. Um, but that's really it. Um, Daniel Craig, but it's just there. Yeah. It, his, his portrayal of James Bond, I really, really enjoyed. Um, and I totally agree that there are probably many people who have seen just these Daniel Craig Bond movies and be like, Oh, he's the best Bond ever. I would totally, I would totally see how someone would say that because they're newer. Um, and, and as you say, Q was not just the gadget person. And yes, the older Q who passed away with Pierce Brosnan. Yes, he was funny. And I know he's been around for a while, for a long time. But the but the the newer younger Q, it just it just it was fun. It was, yeah. Um, so this movie to me, I, it was good. It was enjoyable. I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say it was fantastic. Um, it was good. I wouldn't say it was great. Um, it was fitting, um, but I wouldn't say. I don't know if I was expecting something different, but I, and I wasn't necessarily dissatisfied, but I wasn't, I wasn't super captivated. Um, I mean, some parts just didn't seem like the plot made sense. Like it wasn't like a movie I watched and I was confused in terms of like archetypal or symbolism. Um, but I just, I don't know. It seemed to sim. it, it, it Again, we'll talk off air, and there's a couple movies I'll compare it to. It was appropriate. It was a well done, well done ending. I just, I, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was good, like a solid B. Okay, good. That's just me. Um. Oh yeah. Next, I was gonna do my thing, but yeah, we got post post credit scenes and future of Venom talk. Uh, yeah, this will be more kind of Max segment because he was he was chum- he he seemed really like. Like oh crap at the end of Venom and I was just and I was just kind of like uh, I don't care. Um, yes, I get I get all that. Um, so why don't you go ahead? I'll and just int- run through it real quick. Or why don't you just enter? Well, yeah, why don't you say what happened and then you can talk and you can talk at length about how how much you're how much you're chomping at the bit to see the next step. Chomping at the bit. Yes, well, you are yeah. absolutely. Go right ahead. Taste of it because of Venom. That wasn't what I was. That, but that's good. Uh, that's funny you said that. So this is spoilers for Venom. Let there be carnage. Obviously, the film has been out for for two weekends, so spoilers are are out there now. They're They've fair been game. Out there. They're fair game. Um, the post credit scene is Eddie is is with uh, Venom. They're obviously together because they're a symbiote. Um, it's a symbiote to Eddie. This, and, wait, there's two scenes, right? The first scene is like sitting on the beach, right? I think the I think it's all one. Where they're just kind of was it one? I thought it, I thought they were okay. Um, they're Perhaps. they're on anyway, vacation. So the, yeah, they're he's on vacation in Cuba or somewhere or whatever, some beach. Right. But that, and the first part, yes, is not really the part we're talking about. He's just kind of sitting on the beach, and 
Venom's like the heads like talking to him. Oh, they're a good team, and now they're going to be friends. And, da, 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 and I like you. And da, da, da. But that's not the scene we're talking. So about. there. The next is... scene is he's lying in a bed. And he's like, what, watching TV or something? Well, he they, they, anyway. they have a conversation, and then Venom says to Eddie that he's been to other worlds. He's been to other universes. When he's lying on the bed, so yes. No, when they're in, yeah, when they're in the bed. That's yes. their bed. We're not talking about, yes. sorry. And then. He's near, so we right. moved on from the beach. He's sitting on the beach in the sand. They're goofing off, whatever, shooting the breeze. And then next scene, he's lying in the bed, and they're, he's watching TV, and. The symbiote's talking to him and saying, yes, he's been to other worlds. Okay. And then um, Eddie doesn't really understand what that is, um, but he's he says, Babe, can you take me there? And, and he says, yeah, we can go there. Um, but then something happens. Well, okay. And I don't think that's what happened, but that's okay. That is what happened. I, no, I think it was like, can you can you can you share with me the things you've seen? Not can you take me there? And it was like he, he had said that we can go there. We can go to these different. I places. don't remember that at all, but that's okay. And I remember him saying like, let me share with you some of the things you've learned. Okay, and it then, wasn't like I'm going to teleport you to some place. We're correct, and then yes, and then literally something the, happens. Yes, literally the instant that the oh, go ahead, right. Go ahead, so go ahead. we're gonna assume. Rightly or wrongly so, that's the moment potentially in the Spider-Man trailer where Doctor Strange breaks open the multiverse. Sure, great. Um, and so Yippee. all of a sudden, Venom and Eddie are in a different multiverse. They're in a hotel room. And some random guys taking a leak comes out of the bed and says, what are you doing in my right. bed? Again, but again, what happens is... But, Venom it, was, but it was clever. ...looks at, I, on the TV screen and all of a sudden there's Peter Parker. Yeah, it, but it was clever. The, go ahead. I was gonna say it was clever that they kind of played it off as you really didn't know if it was the if it was because like there was like an earthquake or something. Right. It was a mini earthquake and it made it, and it made you think that that like Eddie Brock was like like his mind was getting exploded or something because the because the symbiote was sharing all these secrets about the things he's done and the things he's seen. Right. But it was really whatever quote unquote the multiverse whatever. Yes, he sees Peter Parker on the TV, and the symbiote's like, I gotta get him! (laughs) It looks like he wants to eat Peter Parker, which is kind of what he wants to do in general. Um, I will say this is... Max Max mind just went... uh, It was pretty exciting, I'll be honest. He needs to change his pants after that. I will say... Or shorts. That's not it. Oh, you could say shit on the the podcast. Well, I can't say you need to change your pants. Um... Was that it's, excited? Uh, Lost your so train of he, thought. Yeah, he he is he is now. <laughs> they are now in the same universe. Right. Oh my gosh! So they. Oh my holy crap! Crapola! So they've established. Can't wait. That Peter Parker, at least the Peter Parker of Spider-Man, was not in the world where Venom was before. No, but and now, now they are. Um, so I don't know if that means. So one, I think it's clever. Sinister Six. It's Here clever we come. from it's clever from a Sony perspective in the sense that absolutely they could just jump back to the other multiverse, right? If you want to make a Venom three, which they are going to, you know, they can just jump back to that multiverse. Mobius, Morbius can live in that multiverse. Craven can live in that multiverse. Uh, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman can live in looks that multiverse. Like, uh, looks um, like looks like what's that's the guy who plays Peter Tom Holland. Tom Holland is going to be. He's going to be double dipping, doing both worlds. MCU on one hand, getting paid here, and Sony on the other. I love life. I don't. I don't think. Tom I Holland, love life. I don't think Tom really? Holland is going to be in, in many more films. Um, his contract's up. 
He's gonna uh, be in. He's gonna be in the uh, in the Sony. He's gonna fight Venom. You watch, okay? I mean, I, I would love to see it. That'd be fun. Uh, but I, I do. And so you teased it like a year so ago. I think we don't know what's gonna happen. Are they gonna bring? Are they gonna bring Peter Parker, Spider Man, and the Venom movies? We literally were speculating about this after the first. But movie. I think it's clever how they did that in the sense of this is a completely different world. Um, that you can bring Spider-Man into if you want to, but he doesn't have to live there all the time. So Spider-Man can go to that other multiverse if it's Tom Holland, and he could fight Venom, he could fight Morbius and Kraven. It's not like he can go back things. and forth. What are you trying to he, say? He can go back. No, and forth. he's he, not. He's not some teleporter. It's you can you can get to yeah, other multiverses. Oh, you do, yep, you can do whatever you want. You can you can spit on the ground okay. and most important thing though, and go back to go back to Kansas. I guess most important Give thing. Give me though, a break. I thought uh, Doctor Strange is the one that's doing all this stuff, making this stuff happen. Most important thing though, is he not? Yeah, look like he is. So then, what yes. does Tom Holland? Is he some master sorcerer that can jump through wormholes and portals? We're gonna see what happens God, in the multiverse the of madness. I've ever heard. Uh, well, you haven't even seen oh, it, so. Oh, my God. Um, I will say I don't, this does not, this does not confirm anything in terms of No Way Home, um, but it does give more credence to speculation that Tom, that Venom will be in No Way Home, uh, as potentially the sixth member of the Sinister Six. Um, because again, the other villains that they have teased so far or confirmed so far are from other multiverses. Right, we're talking the Doc Ock. We're talking Myster- we're not Mysterio, uh, Electro, um, Willem Dafoe's Goblin. Um, so these are all villains that have come from other multiverses. So in theory, Venom comes from another multiverse, uh, if that makes sense. Right? These are all different worlds that they come on, which is why again you get potentially you get- Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire coming from. Oh, okay. So you get, well. yeah, I forgot. We get, we got we yeah, we got all the Spider Man and all the Spider Villains. It's gonna be a fuck freaking civil war all over again. Here we go. Um, Can't wait. So this was supposed oh to be a really gosh. easy topic, and oh, somehow yeah. Joe just got. I don't know. What you could say I. You could say I. 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 I, 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 I multiversed I, this conversation. I jumped through a multiverse, and now I'm making this conversation about how awful this this dumb plot is. Yes, um, but there, future Venom is is Venom. There will be a Venom three that's already been confirmed by Sony. Tom already has a, has a first look deal um, for Venom. I don't know if Andy Serkis will return. I think he'd be great if he did, because I thought he. I again, I think we we really. I oh, really the director. Liked, the director. You um, I really liked. He was great. Um, was I great. really liked Venom. Let every kind more than the first one. Yes. Um, so I'd love to see him return. I'd love to see Andy Serkis get more directing work. Um, but we'll see. Um, I, I'm. Uh, yes, Venom and Spider-Man as opposites um, is great, and that idea is great um, because that's that's my childhood. That's what I read in the books. Um, I'm not sure, still not sure how this version of Venom Eddie Brock goes up against Tom Holland. Like what is, like what's the actual conflict besides Venom just wants to eat him? Um, cause he looks tasty. Um, but again, we'll see. Um, I, I'm putting my, if I had to put money on it now, my guess is uh, Venom will appear. I know way home and it does kind of lead to the speculation talk that, Tom Hardy's been kind of talking all along about how he wants to not just make Venom films. He wants to get in a film with Spider-Man, right? That's the goal of these films is to kind of do these kind of big events. Um, so we're going to see what happens. Um, I am 
I thought it was a potentially uh, potentially groundbreaking end credit scene, um, where literally, you know, you could say multiverse. You could absolutely say it's groundbreaking so. because there was kind uh, of an earthquake going on in that in that scene. Sound it's like groundbreaking. That. All right, absolutely. Joe, we're gonna we're done with this topic now, and uh, I'm annoyed with it. So let's go to your weekly segment. <laughs> it was groundbreaking. You said it, buddy. Unintended. That was a serious topic for me, but that's okay. I know. Go I know, ahead, Joe. I didn't mean to piss in your Cheerios. It's all right. I didn't mean to piss in your Cheerios that much. Just a little. Go just. ahead. Give me your, give me your three <laughs> films for the week, Joe. These are good films, though, but they're really kind of part of the same series. Um, this isn't like a, a, a cheat. Um, this is really kind of these movies are really in, somewhat inseparable from anything else. I wouldn't say that they break... They are very, very close to breaking the five-star uh, best movies I've ever seen. Um, these are four-star movies? This is, these are four-star movies, yes. Um, not the best movies I've ever seen, in my opinion, but they are pretty darn close. Um, this is something that can never be replicated, even though it was tried. I thought the whatever... The, the second installment of this series couldn't hold a candle to the original one. Um, and not just because of the acting and all that, but because the storyline I thought was very weak. It was really kind of redundant, the same as it was before. Um, many of the actors and actresses in this film had not, they had done other stuff, but they were really kind of unknown to a certain extent. Um, some of these actors and actresses, this whatever trilogy series, if you will, put them on the map as like stars. Um, these movies came out back to back, um, starting in 2001, then 2002, and then 2003. Um, I vividly remember seeing the movie, seeing this, the second movie in the series to a packed house. Again, this was in 2002. Um, and I remember people cheering when the, when, when the characters in this film in the second film came on screen for the first time. Like there was cheering, like, cause they saw the character, like it was just so incredibly like charged the atmosphere. Um, and I knew nothing about the subject matter other than the silly cartoon movies I saw as a kid. Um, and Mac knows what series I'm talking about. So I will just elaborate more. Um, this is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, it's very, very close to a five star, but because there are three of them, I really, it's hard for me to separate them and put them in the best movies I've ever seen because to me, they're kind of all together. Um, they are not standalone films. It is, it is, you can't watch. It is not like watching, in my opinion, watching Star Wars, A New Hope and ending the series there. You really could, um, like that would be it. Um, and they, things would be fine. Um, the Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring. He hasn't got to Mount doom. He hasn't destroyed the ring yet. Um, so there's still that going on. Um, but the cast was just so great. Um, you know, coming off of matrix, uh, you know, as agent Smith, you had Hugo weaving is kind of his typical role. He was great. Um, but this is just packed with great talent, and a lot of these a lot of these actors and actresses have gone on to do other stuff. Some of the names, maybe not so much, but 
this was really maybe if if they didn't go on to do other stuff, this was really kind of their their moment of sh- their moment to shine, like like Game of Thrones, if you will. Um, Elijah Wood, great as you know, uh, Bill Frodo. Frodo Baggins. Excuse me, it's been a while since I've seen. Ian Mc- Ian McKellen was absolutely incredible as Gandalf. Again, we hadn't seen him play Gandalf before until this. Um, again, yes, he's in The Hobbit, the whatever, the prequel series. It was not the same at all. Um, Orlando Bloom. I mean, I he, he may have – I think he was in that a few other – That was his film debut. This is really – well, okay, his film debut. That's what I'm saying. These are – some of these characters – some of these actresses, actors and actresses have done other stuff, but they were really kind of under the radar. They This was their breakout. Orlando Bloom, for sure, without a doubt. Legolas, the guy who never runs out of arrows. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, um, again, he had done some stuff. He was in Crimson Tide. He had some roles in some other movies, but really this was his breakout role. Um, Sean Astin, again, uh, he did Rudy, which I love, but this is also kind of equally as powerful and as good. He His, 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 his role was amazing. Andy Serkis, and I'm not talking about, you know, peanuts and elephants and 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 an animal carnival. Get it? Circus? Um, Anyway, Andy Serkis, incredible, incredible role as Gollum. Kate Blanchett, again, she's probably the one of the the more uh, experienced of this bunch. Sean Bean, yes, somewhat. Liv Tyler, no, not really. Billy Boyd. I can't. I, I don't recall if Lost was out at this time. Uh, it was after. So Lost was after. So yeah, Don, Don, Dominic, Dominic Monaghan. Yes. Lost, um, yeah. John Reese Davies. Again, he was part. Of, he was. He was part of. Uh, he, he was Indiana in the Indiana Jones, Jones films. Yeah. But that was it. You know, this was to me like playing. Uh, I can't remember all these guys' names now because I didn't look it up. Uh, the dwarf. Gimli. Gimli. Yeah, Gimli. Hugo Weaving, I mentioned Christopher Lee. He was great. He's been in he's been in like the most movies like ever made. I think like if I'm uh, I could yeah. be mistaken, but he's been in the most movies anyway. Miranda Otto, she, yeah, she hasn't done a whole lot. She's done some. Carl Urban, he's done a lot more stuff these days. Um, Lily Ian Holm was great as Bilbo. Um, David Wenham, and this again directed by Peter Jackson. These three movies, um, really kind of his. Time to shine. Like he's done other stuff, but they are not anywhere near as good as this. Um, like I said, these movies are really kind of inseparable. Um, yes, you can you can split hairs and say that Return of the King got nominated for Academy Awards and such, and that was the you know the 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 the, the culminating ending to the film, ending to the series. Yes, it was good, but to me, I I remember being more like emotionally into the two towers than I was the return of the King. Um, just because when I first saw the return of the King, I thought the ending was extremely drawn out. Um, but having watched, I, I saw it again, like a few years later when I was older and it's, it's really, really beautifully done. Um, just everything about this series is so incredible. Like, and, and as you say, lightning in a bottle. Like, yes, they tried to replicate it with The Hobbit. Same director, whatever. Same Gandalf, whatever. Even had Orlando Bloom in it for a couple scenes. But it, it, it's not the same. Not even close, in my opinion. Um, I will say that having watched the extended editions, um, 
again, I don't know how many people are listening to this podcast who weren't who haven't seen these or were born after these came out. But watch the extended editions. The extended editions are great. Yes, it's longer. It's like a three-hour movie for each one. But there are scenes in it that help explain the backstory as to what's going on. And when you see certain objects and scenes later, they will totally make sense. Um, I'm not saying you miss out on a lot. Like the plot still makes sense, but it's just little details here and there, like little objects and stuff, little scenes that happen later that they reference something that you don't know anything about or you just assumed came into existence randomly. It wasn't random. There was nothing random. Like gifts and stuff. Like, you know, just little scenes here and there. Backstory. Um, it's just... It, and it, it's just, it was just so incredibly done, well done. I remember seeing that, like I said, the two towers and the whole battle at Helm's Deep was just epic, epic. Um, and, and how it ended was great. Um, and, and also just, again, as lo- I love this series too, not just because it's, you know, good actors. Yes, you can say all that stuff. Absolutely. But the story itself is really like a philosophical great story. That's to me what makes Star Wars the, the one, two, three movies good because there's a lot of philosophical stuff there. There's a lot of like, you know, not to talk at length about Star Wars, but Yoda's saying like, you know, to Anakin, you know, cause he's worried about, about Padme dying. Like you need to, you need to prepare yourself to lose that, which you love most. Like that's not, that's not just that. That's a transcendental, but that's, a, that transcends all cultures and beliefs. That's this idea of dealing with death. Same thing with Lord of the Rings. It was like, this this guy, this you know Frodo Baggins, needs to break out and and go do something. Like they tried to replicate it in The Hobbit, but it was really really poorly done. Like and then when he comes back, he's never the same. Like he was like scarred, for, not scarred, but he was emotionally changed. He couldn't go back to the life he was afterwards. Like much like maybe like a war hero or something like that. He has to kind of go off and do his own thing. And so you really don't know if he actually you know there's symbolism there. Does he go off and die, or, or does he actually die, or did he? Go off to whatever live is you know. It's, there's just a lot of symbolism there. It was just it's you know, and even 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 his friends, uh, Sam and all those guys, they come back and they're still not the same either. And then, or maybe at the end, you know, it ties all together. Sam gets the white. Sam gets the beautiful woman. He ends up just you know. It's just it, it was just so well done. Like every little thing. It, like it, like I said, it, it, there the, there were many many scenes with Sean Astin and and Elijah Wood, especially in the Two Towers. And even in the last movie where he's like, you know, he's helping his friend get through all this, carry this burden, you know, metaphorically, figuratively. Um, But it's just, it's such a really, really well done series. There really aren't too many trilogies out there that equal, that are, or have good movies that are all the way through and through. Um, You know, I know you don't, not a huge fan of the Batman, the last movie, the the Dark Knight Rises. Fair enough. I'm not going to just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know. That's fine. I the, your your criticisms of that movie are valid, but it's really hard to find bad things about these films. You know, even the ending. Like I said, when I first saw it, I thought it was long. It was like a fifteen minute ending, like multiple endings. I thought it was silly, but watching it again, it really does kind of make sense. Um, so I kind of put these movies together. Like I said, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and Return of the King. They were incredible, incredible movies. Um, each, each of them alone is really good, but putting them together just really is like a beautiful, it's like layers of a cake. It's just, it's incredible how they all come together and 
I, I, these, 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 to me, these movies will stand the test of time, not the Hobbit. These absolutely will. And I don't know that Peter Jackson will ever do something that that comes close to this, but be that as it may, this was his crowning achievement for sure. In any event, that's, those are my three films today. We will get to totally different films next week. They will not be part of a trilogy. I don't even think there's any other trilogies or anything like that that I have series going forward. They're separate films, but to me, it was very hard to distinguish these and not, and put these separate. Okay, great job. Uh, theme parks, just a couple of small news and notes. Shrek 4D is going to close at Universal Studios Orlando in January. Uh, it, of course, has already closed in Southern California. Um, disappointing. I did uh, like Shrek 4D a lot. I thought it was a fun little time. Uh, but um, those of you that have been to Southern California... Uh, Universal Studios um, know that the DreamWorks Theater is there now, so it's a little more updated, a little more new. Uh, certainly, a lot more new. Didn't they have Kung uh, Fu Panda there? Yeah, so um, it's it's a much newer theater, so it's a much more kind of newer experience. Uh, but again, I like the Shrek film, so I'm sad that that it's it's a closed attraction, but it's been you know it's been basically at, at Orlando for 15 plus years, so it's time to kind of change. Um, and the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular is going to return to Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios on December 19th. Why is this uh, significant? Because it's the new Indiana Jones movie. Is Trailer's coming out. I don't know. Um, n- Harrison no. Ford's birthday. I don't know. Uh, no. Um, it's significant in the sense of most uh, shows and parades and a lot of that stuff in uh, a lot of the parks, but especially in Disney World, there hasn't been these kind of live action shows um, ever since they've kind of reopened um, during COVID and stuff. Um, they haven't had kind of large groups basically sit together and kind I of watch a show. Um, so this is kind of the first show to come back. Um, so there's going to be other – the other shows are going to come back. They've said in early 2022. Um, but the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, a show that I very much want to see. Is this similar like Disney a Wild water world type Kind thing? of, yeah. Okay. Um, where great. it's just kind of live action that stunts. Cool. Um, and so I very water much want to see that. That's great. Um, that. So that is returning to Disney World's Hollywood Studios. Okay. Um, that's all we have the time for this week. Next week we will be back potentially with a review of The Last Duel. We'll see if we get to it in time. Get to um, it in time. Like if we if we, if we s- get tickets, if we see it before we record the podcast. I see. That's um, true. And uh, Joe will be back with some more. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't even mention the numbers. I'm sorry. Forty seven was Lord of War. So forty six, forty five, and forty four were Lord of the Rings. Okay, great. So we literally, I think I have six more four star films. Okay, we'll do so three more next three week, next then. week and three after, and then it's all good and chalk and good and gravy. No controversies. Well, well it wouldn't uh, be it wouldn't be we'll Joe's see. list if there wasn't controversies. Uh, we'll see. All right, guys. As always, please like, share, comment, rate, review, and subscribe. You guys are amazing. Thanks for listening. You guys are the best. I'm going to send it to Joe to say goodbye. We have no time for this podcast. Time to die. Get it? That was awful. That's all right. Cut that out. Good night. Good night.